Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way and get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEM. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's Benjamin Little. That's right. Ready to go. Oh, yes. All right. This this episode today, I'm really excited about it. All right? we, we, we speak to so many guys in the sporting world. Yeah. A lot of them have come from the league world, but this one I'm really excited about. Our special guest this week, he's known as a secret weapon of the Australian Boomer side. Oh, yes. He just tasted medal glory in Tokyo Olympic Games. Ooh. A talented former basketball player with the Brisbane Spartans. Our guest tonight is regarded as one of the best team managers in Australian basketball. Having worked with the Gold Coast Blaze, Adelaide 36ers and the Australian Boomers national team tonight, my guest on the Spirit of Sport is Boomer's Logistic and Equipment Team Manager, Junior Albert. Junes, thanks for joining us. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, wow. Junes, man. Let's just, let's just start straight away, man. Yes. Tell us about the experience. How was, uh, how was Tokyo? Tokyo was, Tokyo was unreal. Um, just the, just to set up the, the AOC did such an amazing job of, for the Australian athletes mm. um, in, in our building. Obviously, when we go into villages, uh, the Olympic villages, they'll split you into different departments, different areas. So pretty much you're kind of having in your area is like whatever country that is around you and they fill in everyone else. Okay, For example, we'll have Team Australia and then all the Pacific Islands are in with us. Um, and then we might fill a few other that few other countries in there so we had um angola and kenya the runners they were with us as well in the same building um so then on the opposite side we had argentina italy we had great britain had a whole building team usa had a whole building um so you know and and so forth so the setup was actually really good to cater for for the for the athletes um such a big and we surprisingly we didn't expect it to be where it was but it was literally, we were literally off the edge of the city. Oh, so we were it, down by the naval base in these new apartment areas. And it was just, uh, yeah, it was an unreal setup uh, to cater for every country. Yeah, you see these athletes in so many different settings, um, of different countries, you know, different states. Um, how, did you, how did you notice that they adjusted to being in this different COVID bubble Olympic world? I guess everyone was different, to be honest. I mean, once you came into the village, obviously you get a test every day. So we'd have to have a saliva test every morning. Right. And, and then that has to be handed in every afternoon before your events or before your practice. Um, so that, that's, a, that's a priority for every team, every individual athlete. Um, so, you know, every country is coming in different to how their countries have set up their COVID protocols. But as soon as you hit the village, we're all in the same you know, restrictions, guidelines, you have to mask um, uh, your movements around the, the village. Only time you're not masking is when you're 
you're eating or drinking or having mm. a coffee or etc. Um, but other than that, you're supposed to be masking. If yeah. you're in your room and we saw your, your your roommates and everything, you're fine. Um, but as soon as you step out of your your room or you're you're on your way to the bus to catch a bus to the to the practice facility or stadium, like it is a it was a protocol that you have to mask. And is is that your role? Is that who's in the squad that looks after the I guess the compliance side of things? So you know, like the guys are really, our guys are really good. You know, we obviously advise them on what we need to do, and obviously the NBA boys have been through this process, um, and then our guys, Australian boys, including our, um, you know, do up from playing in, in Europe, and so now coming into it. Uh, these are the conditions and for us to compete for a medal we need to do this mm. so that's it bottom line um, mate. so now the boys know what they need to do and that's it mate tell us after 65 years the the Australian basketball gets a bronze medal mate tell us a bit about about that what, what did it mean to the players um, what are some of the you know things you observed as you know in the celebrations the different families getting in tell us a bit about it and to to obviously firstly you know we 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 missed the gold medal game yeah um you know so that was a tough one for for us because that was that was the game we were going for Mm. um but to have the second chance to go for a bronze medal there was uh losing wasn't an option yeah you know so yeah, you're clocking on. You're clocking back on the next day after the Team USA game. Yeah, and now we we're back into we're back into focusing, getting ready to play Slovenia. Um, and you know the the boys coming into it and every game that we played, there was no there was no like um, a sight of anyone being nervous or worried or frustrated. Like we. We everyone was everyone was just casual. There was so, such a peace and calm about everybody, mm. focusing. Um, so now we get into the we get into Slovenia game and like Paddy's gone from gear two to like gear seven and eight and yeah. he's just rolling. Mm. So now the boys are on the roll. Joe's hitting, Dante's hitting, Nick K's hitting. The bench is going crazy. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. You got Matisse Thibel jumping all over the place. Um, like once that, once we were getting through that third quarter, the boys Pat was like, you know what? No, we go. This is we're going to finish this off. And then fourth quarter, we've just kicked another gear and the boys are moving. Mm. So coming to that last two minutes, like the bench, we were just like, <laughs> we were just looking around and going, yo, this is this is about to happen. Like this is about to happen and. <laughs> Chris Goulding's nervous on his seat and everyone's standing up. You know, the, the boys that even didn't get minutes were just excited. Yeah. Um, but the energy um, and and excitement, it's to, to this day being in quarantine, in quarantine still hasn't sunk in because it's something that the, the, the feeling and emotions, like, you know, I was talking to Pat about it like we've been, everyone's been in chat, and still, till still to now, it's still, still unreal for us, you know. Um, that locker room, that the watching them on the podium. As soon as Pat got his medal from Joe, and he turned and he's in tears, oh, the yeah. whole support staff was tearing. Every, yeah. like we were in tears, and we were just like, man, this is. We've been in this program for how long? Yeah. 
I've been in this program since 2008, and the only boomers left from the 2008 yeah. series is Mark Del- um, Del- Delhi, Patty, Joe, Maddie Nielsen, the coach, and myself. Oh, so we've moved on how many years now, and now these guys are amazing leaders and amazing men that can come out and just deliver. Now the excitement is just unexplainable. Like Patty was still still on a buzz how many days after. He's like, I don't mm. care whatever happens, I'm good. I got my medal. <laughs> you know? I don't care what happens. Uh, boys yeah. are like boys are like, This is our ticket, this is our license. Like right now we can move around, you know? So yeah, celebrate. Yeah, that's awesome. Junior, you've been there for so long. You just mentioned you're you're part of the two thousand and eight team as well, but what what was it like was it a culmination of like hard work to get to this effort? Like, was did all the past add up to this one moment, or do you think it was just this group of players that delivered on the t- when they needed to? Most definitely, our past coaches, our yeah. past support staff, our past players. Obviously, you guys would have seen Andrew Gaze not long after the game. Just mm. emotion, yeah. emotions of excitement, of joy. You know. His dad, Lindsay Gaze, you know, we've got Gorgian playing back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, Ahmat, the first Indigenous boss, it goes all the way back to when it first happened. Mm. Like this, the Longley, um, the Vlahovs, the Sam McKinnons, the CJ Brutons, uh, Shane Hill, you know, like they're part of this, 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 um, this, this reward because of the commitment they sowed into it as well, as much as we were able to deliver and get the job done. Um, it's a big part of that process of Boston Australia and the men's program. Um, and it's just been a grind. Like it is, a, there's definitely a slow grind, but when we came into Irvine for LA camp, the, the, the feeling, the excitement um, coming into camp was unreal. Like it was just, it was just like, I was like, Oh wow, this is going to be a different tour. And by far, it's my best tour that I've ever been on in the oh, wow. Australian Boomers. Yeah, what kind um, of what kind of stuff were the boys saying when they realised they drew um, USA in in the quarters? For some odd reason, we kind of figured that we were going to be playing Spain or Team USA, right? Which is odd. We um, we knew eventually it was going to play them sooner or later. So if we dropped the game. If we had dropped a game in our in our pool, there would there would have been an opportunity like later on down the track they would have we would have crossed with them again. Yeah. Um, we just had to clear the quarterfinals game to have a chance to have two two chances. Yeah. And that was the goal, you know. Yeah. Definitely yeah. crack. Go for it, you know, for uh, against Team USA, yeah. and then you know if, if that didn't work out, we you know we we regardless we're taking a medal home. That was yeah. the goal. Now, tell us a bit about Paddy Mills getting asked to um, go to the opening ceremony uh, holding holding the flag. Um, and tell us a bit about how that happened and, and your involvement with all that. Um, so we had, you know, obviously we, we knew that Pat was in the mix to be um, a flag bearer. Um, and so we found out all that in Vegas. And as we're finishing up our, our back end of the Vegas camp, and, and workouts ready to, to scoot out to Tokyo. You know, Joe pulls the team up. We obviously celebrate the moment that uh, Patty, as an Australian and as an Indigenous Australian, that will be be the flag bearer. So it was, it was already that excitement. It's still in sunk in for Patty. 
Um, so obviously we're in Vegas and they announce it. They announce the flag bearers and we're up to like 2 a.m. in the morning sitting down um, in, in Vegas uh, going live with every other every other sport they were participating. And so they obviously announce it. That excitement comes through. Uh, we're leading through to get into um, obviously the, the, the um, opening ceremony and they've told Pat, hey, Pat, um, you're allowed to bring an official. The team's allowed to bring an official. So basketball being our high elite sport in the village uh, in Team Australia, um, with, you know, it was just like, okay, the whole team's going, the plays and, and coach. So me planning out that I'm just going to be, you know what, I'm just going to be kicking back, just enjoying this and supporting Pat. I've been around the Mills family for so, like real, a long time now. So pretty much family for me, you know, and that was just such an excitement. I was like, man, this is awesome. Pat's taking out the flag. Um, the night before we finished practice, he's had treatment. Comes down, he's like, hey, James, I need to chat to you. Can you come downstairs? I was like, oh, I thought we were going to dinner, but all right, then let's go chat. <laughs> so we we go downstairs and I see he's got his phone, but I see his wife, Alyssa's on the phone, and she's like on FaceTime. I was like, oh. Uh, okay, probably we'll chat after that. But we get downstairs here in front of our treatment rooms and Pat's like, Jeans, I have something to ask you. So I'm allowed to take an official with me to this um to the opening ceremony and and then I'm like, sweet and till even then I was like, Man, coach, I got I want trying to figure out who am I getting ready, who, which coach do I need to go yeah. to make sure they got their suit coach, everything ready to go. Yeah. And he turns around and goes, Um, I'm wanted to ask you if you'd like to be that plus one for me to go to the opening ceremony. Yes. How cool so is that? I'm just like, no words, lost for <laughs> words. Don't know what to say. So I'm bawling my eyes out because it's so emotional. Like yeah. didn't even capture that moment. And then I'm crying and Susie O'Neill, four or five time Olympian walks past and she's like, June, are you okay? <laughs> Pat's like, Pat's like, June, why are you crying in front of Susie O'Neill? Don't cry. I'm like, yo, I can't hold this in, you know. So that's so that was, sp- yeah. that's special, man. That's yeah. so special. And, man, and what was that it experience was like? The the opening ceremony that afternoon. You know, obviously getting ready, and then you know, Pat's obviously dressed up in. Both sides of Torres Strait and, and Torres Strait and Aboriginal side. So his TI culture, he's dressed up, and then he's got his um, Sejuna side in South Australia, and he's all we've done his photos and like it was just such an edge and excitement, getting ready to go to this, and now we're on the bus and rolling, and there's such a buzz like it's just we get to the stadium and obviously it's it, there's a lot man there might have been three four hours of standing and sitting down and but then as we walked into that stadium and as we watched Patty get given the flag with Kate, like, wow, that was just a moment of history for us as Australians. We're just like, wow, like this is unreal. And capturing that moment and being able to be there to witness that on behalf of his wife and his mom and dad and his families, like, that's a that's one of the moments I'm going to take away with me as being so special and being able to be a part of it. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned that you you're lucky enough to be at the opening ceremony, but the rest of the games it was you're playing in front of no crowds. What was that like for you and the boys? Like, what was it like as an experience? 
Um, I don't think it was. It didn't seem any different, really, because there was there were still athletes and and like volunteers and staff and um, you know coming in to watch the game. So there were still some people in there. It's just that the camera they put everybody on one side and then everyone else is away from the camera. So you couldn't see it, you know? So, um, but they, yeah, there was still, there was still people in the stadium, but it wasn't a full packed, but just imagining being just super packed and super loud. Like, you know, that atmosphere would have been amazing to be a, be a part of. But once you get into that moment and you're in that portal, that zone of just like it's game time, you kind of zone out from everything else. And, even like for myself and my role on the bench, I, I don't even watch most of the game. I'm so occupied and making sure the guys are taken care of. And I look up and it's like four quarters and we're up by 10, we're up by 15. I was like, where did four quarters go? What, what, what have I been doing for four quarters? I didn't even watch the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned your family friends with um, Patty Mills and his family. And I, I heard through the traps that you guys um, like, grew up together tell us a bit about your uh your friendship there and your journey together as family yeah i've been around pat for a long time obviously we've been in the boomers program and all our families come out from the same area of north queensland um and i've been around the different mills family growing up with them and then obviously you know come up with patty because patty lived from moved from far north queensland down to canberra and he'd been down south and now he's just obviously overseas um, but that journey with the Mills family has been awesome. A, you know, a well-respected basketball family within the, within the, you know, the basketball family, family realm around, you know, not uh, Western Australia, Queensland, New South Wales. Mm. Um, so they're, they're, they're such a big family and just recognized as well. So as the, that journey, being a part of that journey and how many years we've been doing this world cups, um, Olympics, uh, NBA, like it's um it's it it's definitely special because I've been able to witness his movements and be a part of it. Um and then ten years later now he's a captain of the Australian men's basketball team, yeah. a bronze medalist, forty two points and nine, second highest score in the Olympics. Wow. Um you know, and now you you're like uh so much of an impact off the court as much as he is on the court just mm. an amazing human being off the court you um and his 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 presence definitely captures everyone around him yeah. but he's just so 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 chilled so laid back and you know he's um it's been a blessing to see him his his journey uh, and be a part of it how did you get into the management gig is that something you always wanted to do or um, so this, this is the best part of this because I've been like, I'm a league boy, obviously. And yeah. I grew up in FNQ. So oh, cool. I grew up, um, yeah, and played or... league and played league. What was your team? Um, so I grew up in Cairns, but I was obviously a Cowboys, you yeah. know, obviously a Cowboys supporter, but I played out of Newtown Jets. Oh, wow. Yeah. I played, right. out, of, I played out of Newtown Jets at, at Houston Road. Um, I played out of South down at, um, the South Comp uh, with um, uh, down in uh, what is this down in Moore Park and all that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, played out, uh, played a few tests for Fiji. Really? Uh, so, yeah. So as Fiji was coming up, I played a few tests playing league, like with George and that. So, 
that's the old connection. Okay, yeah. cool. But we've obviously grown up together with George, you know. So yeah, right. We're, we're a big like I'm a big I'm a big league boy, so I love my league. What position did you play? Um, I played full back and wing. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet bit of pace. Um, so I play. I'd obviously play that on Sundays or Saturdays and play basketball around that every time. Yeah. Um, I, I injured myself playing playing in Sydney. I think it was I was at Newtown, and then I um, decided to move back home. Uh, back to Cairns on the way through to Cairns. I my old coach, junior coach was coaching a team in Cairns and asked if I wanted to come back and play basketball. I was like, Hey, you know what? That got nothing to go home to and no commitment. Why not? Um, injured, dislocated my shoulder again during my sessions. And so I decided to help the team manager who were really good friends right now, like close mates and just do water and towels. And, and then that went from, helping him out for how many seasons and then a door opened up at the Gold Coast Blaze to be a part of Joey Wright's staff moved to the Gold Coast Blaze um, while we were there the Boomers were always camping on the Gold Coast um, so they needed a bit of help just to do logistics and set up and take down so they reached out to the club and I was available to get out so ever since then I've been in the Boomers program since like 2008 um, and then Moved from, we obviously did the Olympics 2012, came back, moved down to Adelaide, worked for Adelaide 36ers for about four years, um, relocated back to Brisbane and signed with the Brisbane Bullets, did them for about three years. And then when COVID hit, my family and I just um, relocated back to Cairns. Um, so all I had was just my boomers commitments, really. Um, so currently now it's just, uh, you know, Back to back to work, and I drive uh, big prime movers and semi trailers out in the communities, uh, su- supplying food to um, aged kids in uh, remote North Queensland. Um, so, yeah, just going back to being a going back to being a truckie and being a, being a dad and being a husband. So, actually, been away for eight weeks, so now I'm excited to get home. Yeah, how many? Um, you got, you got a few kids. I've just got one little girl. Oh, she's cool. three. Uh, uh, she's nearly three. Her name's Tale. Yes. Um, so, yeah, she's a... Life is good. Big part. Now, so, mate, Paddy Mills has just signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He's, he's, he's about to play with one of the most exciting teams that we, we've ever seen hit the court. Um, what, what, are, what are some of his thoughts around all this? And what's some of your perspective watching his journey from start to, you know, to where he's up to? I honestly... I personally honestly think it's a good move for him. Um, I think uh, there's a, obviously a new uh, is a new season for something different for his life. Um, being the impact that he's had at um, at uh, San Antonio, and he's well respected, like in San Antonio. Yeah. You know, your first Indigenous player to bring Indigenous um, night to the NBA. So being able to launch that from such a cultural um, and diversity, well-respected NBA team, um, like I've been down, I've, I've been down to San Antonio and did some work experience with San Antonio, and yep. to see the facility and the program and how Coach Pop they run the organization, it's it, no wonder they're so successful, yep. you know, with the the players that have come through there. So. For him going to, you know, obviously it was a bit of 
a bit on his mind after the getting into the Olympics and he's between, you know, what team is he going to sign for? Who Who is he looking at? And obviously there would have been other teams like interested in him as well, you know, because, uh, and then now you, you, you were about to play these two big games and he locks him, you know, that he's playing, he's going to um, go to Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, so now it's, it's a, it's a game changer, but you know, the Nets have a similar culture to, to um, the Spurs, so it's, I think it's a great a great mix for him being around the beard, being around Kyrie, another Aussie, and then being around you know KD. Mm. Like you, now you put Patty into that mix, and you're like, geez, yeah, he's definitely going to get another ring soon. Exciting. Yeah. Have you have you ever been over to the states much and and seen what how they do stuff on the, on their end? Yeah, I um I think I'm the only team manager to get out and actually do work with the NBA. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so I've been to the states, and Patty got me over to to San Antonio to learn before the the last World Cup to learn their their system and how to do it. So I was over there for about two weeks. Awesome. Um, I, tra- I I did uh, three games in SA, and then Coach Pop approved for me to travel with them to Denver. So yeah. I traveled with them overnight to to Denver. Um, that was an experience because, you know, they obviously get their own planes and everything. So wow. that was an experience in itself. You, you finish the game against Atlanta Hawks and, um, you know, you're, you're that you finish, that game's done. You're in a, in a, you know, the vehicles, you're out to the airport, straight into the tarmac, loading everybody. Everyone's on the plane. Now you're out to Denver. Yeah. You know, so wow. straight overnight, you're wow. not waiting for the next flight the next day. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm excited for him to for this journey. I think it's going to be really good for him. I think he's he, he's excited as well. And you know, three of the three are one of the best, amazing plays in the league right mm-hmm. now that he gets to be a part of to be a part of it as well after his Olympic um, journey. Did you happen to come across um, a fellow called Andy Birdsong when you were at um, the Spurs? Andy. Andy Birdsong. He was uh, he worked closely with. Um, and he's at the um. He's at the, he's at the Nets now. He's at the Nets now. I think you know him. He works with Marks. It was like the um, um the GM for the um, D League team. He would have been when you went over. But yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're going to give probably, him a shot. I want to get him on the show I'll... in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, give us a bit of insight at the Brooklyn Nets and how they're looking for next season. Yeah. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit more about your story. So, like, I think the role you do, and obviously every sport's got that guy. Like every in. I always tell people that that person is usually the culture of the club can be based on that guy. And he's like the heart and soul. And he's like the spiritual leader of a club because he embodies what it means. Um, you know, it takes so much, um, you know, heart to serve people, so much you know, humility, but also like it's such a key person that gets things done and you've got to trust them a lot. Um, how yeah. did you find that role? How do you find doing that kind of work um, in an environment where, you know, you're dealing with personalities that, Let's be frank, you know, and I can say as a former athlete, athletes can sometimes be selfish, can sometimes be, um, you know, we could probably look after our own backyard sometimes and, and not look too yeah. much outside of our scope of things. Um, were there moments that you struggled in the role or is, is it something that you've always loved doing it no matter what? Um, I've, you know, it's my 14th year doing it now. Um, yeah. And... When I first got into the role, Dad's Dad's a minister up in Cairns, and Dad said to me, um, "He goes, the key to your success 
if this is going to be a job or if you're going to use this as a platform to serve. And ever since then, that's always been in the back of my head. Yeah. So being able to be on a world stage and create an environment uh, setting that's elite, but also welcoming um, and making you feel at home um, has always been my goal every time I come into a locker room. Um, and and that's been the that's been the big difference between the make or break between having egos, um, your own, um, you know, your own personal, um, you know, movements around the locker room, what you think you deserve first before anyone else. Like, I'll be honest, our team, the boys, we have no egos. We have um, everyone's equal. I treat, uh, I treat everybody the same from um, Patty right down to all our rookies. They all get the same treatment. Um, so being in that space where you can, um, you can set, the, set the, the benchmark of how your locker room will be, how you set it up, how professional um, it, you can be to make this, to get this environment setting they, so that they can just come in and play and train yeah. and come in and, and coaches can just come in and coach. Don't worry about anything else and we'll take care of everything else. The support staff, my role, our team leader. Um, so it's always been, it's always been my my heart to to make sure when we step on the court that they're just there to play yeah. and they're just there to coach. It's, um, it's such an important role in a team though because, you know, you, and it doesn't surprise me that, you know, Patty chose you because there's something about the connection between, uh, you know, the gear or logistics steward with a teammate because players, they just, they expect things, right? So we, we come to a game and your, your jersey's up in the locker and your shorts are there, your socks are there. You need extra... Gatorade, you know, you can go to, but they're just that person in that team is, has to be so reliable. You have to trust them. And unlike coaches, you know, for example, coaches or trainers, they expect a high standard of you in terms of how you have to perform. And if you're not performing well, then a lot of them don't want to talk to you because you're not performing great. Whereas that person yeah. in your role is someone that the players lean on so much because regardless yeah. of how you're playing or how you're performing, you, you know, you can always rely on that person and, um, it's. I'm so glad we got you on the show because it, it does, you know, shine a light on a, on a position in a sporting club that mm. doesn't get enough recognition. And I, I love that people are talk, telling your story and that it's getting out there because it's so. It's yeah. I think everyone everyone wants to be a, a professional athlete or a coach or and, and no one really thinks about the importance to a, to a club or to a team that you know yeah. a role like yours can make. Um, are you intentional? Is it like something that you try to make sure that? I know you mentioned before, you know, the advice your dad gave you, but are you always trying to make sure you make a difference? Oh, every time. Yeah. Every time without fail. Um, my, if, if my mood, if I'm not, I want to make sure that my attitude and my presence is about them, um, being able to bring out the best in them. Um, so if I come into the locker room and I set it up, um, to a point where they walk in, just go, wow, all right, let's go to work. Mm -hmm. That's how it is every time, you know. I make sure they don't carry, so, you know, they don't carry shoes, they don't carry training gear, they don't carry um, any uniforms. Like, I come in 
two, two, three hours before, uh, put up I put up our own signs, our own flag, our flags, uh, name tags. Uh, they got shower slides, they got shoes, all their skins, everything is there. Yeah. They just walk in to work, put your uniform on, put your practice gear for you know your pre warm ups. Come back in. You might use Joe Ingles and Pat use two sets each. So I'll make sure that they have both set. They'll have a set for the first half, a set for the second half, and then I'll have an emergency set if they need a third set on the court. That's awesome. So trying to think ahead to make sure that we're not running around because we we only have the 40, 40 minutes to get this done, you know, and you you want to be on point. You want to make sure that your your presentation is above standard every time. Yeah. Um, and whether you win or lose, it has to be the same same presentation. Um, so it is, you, you're, you're definitely right. It's a role that's definitely overlooked back here at home, a role that no one's, a, no one's um, aware of. But without your team manager or your logistics manager, that team cannot operate. Oh, for sure. I remember... Um, you know, so... Our, our grand final 2009, so we... Um, <laughs> We had Jared Hayne at the time who was just on a hot streak and we were just playing off the back of his talent. Anyway, grand final day, we get into the sheds and there was always that air of confidence about us for the last you know, half of the season. We just knew we were going to win. Jared gets into the sheds grand final day and opens his boot bag. He's got two left foot boots. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get, we, we sent a police, we literally had to send police to his house like, to, like so we can get the boots as fast as we could from yeah. his house to the stadium. Mate, I'm sure in your in your time you probably had some experiences. What's what's kind of the the funniest experience or the the, the, the most interesting experience you had in your time? Um, I've had you know we've had boys forget shoes. Um, we've they've uh, we've had. Are there um, any superstitions you come across from like strange ones? No, nah, not really. Nah. The guys are pretty. As long as they have, the, so I've actually, you know, this could be one. They they prefer to play in the same skins and stuff that they play every game, and yep. so you know, like your your you've got your your same practice top, your pr- same practice shorts. You want to make sure. So I made sure that I had that every, there every game. So before the game, they warm up in their gears in their practice kit, and then they come out and change into their kit. I made sure that that was the same thing every time. Now. If it changed and they didn't have one, for example, Matisse would forget, Matisse forgot socks, you know, so um, there's certain types of socks that he needed and we were out of socks um, and having good relationships. So I had a great relationship with Team USA. And so I just reached out, went down the hallway, reached out, I said, yo, I said, um, Ellis, do you mind if you you got any spare socks that I can? The boys don't want to use the socks that they, they, they want a fresh pair. And so we've got fresh pairs, but they're not exactly fresh NBA pairs. Yeah, so we yeah. have to get fresh NBA <laughs> pairs, yeah. you know. So um, that's how they play in the NBA. And you know, we've and Matisse Matisse forgot to bring his socks, etc. And so you know, you just you've you've got you might forget something, but you also know that you've got a Plan B option that you can approach. And that's why I think having having good network and good relationships when you're in this role. It's a key to being able to deliver and being able to help each other out. Yeah. You know, like you can Parramatta can play Penrith in the in a, one of the big derbies, and and 
something might you might miss something, but if the team managers have the right right, right connection, they can help each other out. But let the boys take care of the, the business on the field. You know what I mean? That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, it just it sounds like you know you're a man of, yeah, of excellence, and you know you've got a great attitude and, and work ethic, and you can just see your your approach and ability to to lift the team and set the platform before they come in. So I just reckon that's a credit to you, mate. Um, as far as your faith goes, how how do you, how have you found your faith has impacted, um, you know, your, your job and and your family and kind of what you're putting your hand to at the moment? Well, um, my, my faith's been a big part of it. I, you know, without God, I don't think I'm be, I'm able to um, be, travel the places I've been to and meet the people that I've met and uh, um, being put in, in amazing positions to, to be able to, to work and serve, you know, and I always remember that like myself and Nathan Sobey um, and, and Jason Smith, our team leader, like we pray before our games, you know, and get together. And, and, and then obviously during the, during the tour, uh, but it's always been a big part of, of, for, for me, for me, especially. Um, uh, and like I said, I stated, it was just, it's, it's never a job and it's always been a platform to serve. doesn't matter what it is. Um, and and who it is and how you treat them and, and it was just your your perfection and your 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 being delivering excellence um, even if it's for the opposition like it doesn't matter really um, you wanted to just and and it made a big difference because this window gone past we've always had diff- we've been around different places but this especially this special tour. I'd go to the stadium in LA, in Vegas and, and here in, in Tokyo and I'd set up obviously hours before, but I took my stereo player. So I'd be playing like Israel Houghton. I'd be playing Hillsong Worship yeah. while I'm setting up before every, every game. Right. Um, and then, then you can hear the boys coming down. They'll be coming down because Patty be blasting his speaker and playing all these, the Australian greats and everything. So <laughs> oh, you can I didn't see coming. that. I did see that. Yeah, on, uh, that. Yeah, the, the coming land, down the, the hallway, down he'll be yeah. just yeah, yeah with he'll be ripping I saw it, that and, one. <laughs> um, and he'll be going past all the teams in their locker room, just blasting. So I can hear it, and the coaches will text me and go, "Hey, James, we're about ten minutes, we're five minutes, sweet." But that setting was amazing for me because after we finished. Um, I had families comment on some of my stories and they're like, Hey, Junior, what are you playing in the music in the background? And I tell them, they're like, okay. They're like, that's awesome. And then I'd have other families and uh, church families commenting like June, that's, that's awesome way to start the, you know, set the present and set the platform for the guys. And then um, I swear it was, I think one of the boys said to me, he was like, it's amazing to see that we come into a locker room and there was a there was a peace, there was a calmness, um, there was a, 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 a atmosphere that we were just focused and ready to get on the court. Mm. And it, it was the same setting every every game. So um, and then we get back here, and Pat Pat was like, "Hey, Jones, can you send me some photos of uh, um, uh, send me some photos of the um, uh, the locker rooms and videos?" So I sent it to him, and then he goes tunes what song are you playing here in the background i was like oh i just i was just listening to some worship songs um um while we uh while i was setting up and he goes tunes that is awesome 
no wonder there was a different setting in the locker room, yeah. like before we came into it. Mm. Oh, good. Um, so you... yeah, it's. It... Sorry, go, sorry, go. Oh, I was just gonna say it's just yeah, my, you know, it's been a big part of my journey, yeah. and it'll always be a big part of my journey and my family and being able to just uh, be that testimony and a. Um, and, and share as much as you can, you know, it's, and it's never about what you have to say. I don't, I don't always think it's about, you have to, you have to share something about it. And I felt like it was more of my, my actions and my presence being able to just impact our team um, on and off the court. Yeah. Now, you, you've hung out with a lot of NBA players over the years. Um, is there anything different about the Aussie NBA players to the, to the, all the other NBA players? Uh, as in, oh, um, uh, you meaning the American guys compared to our Aussie guys? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. find any, like, standout cultural things about the Aussies, or is everyone's kind of the same these days? Um, I think our Aussie, I mean, if you look at the league, they're trying to, it's, it's starting to be apparent that they're trying to fill the league, the NBA, with Australian guys. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, it's because they have such amazing culture, um, you know, and their their presence as well, being in these teams. Like, Joe Ingles has been a Utah Jazz for how many years? Paddy was at San Antonio for, like, um, 10 years. If Dante and Della Vadova went on an injury run, they'd be based in one team, guaranteed. Yeah. You know? You've got Matisse at, at Philly and... and, and that that guy is that guy's <laughs> that guy's unreal. Like yeah. he's Tell a us, he's yeah. a he's a freak, but he's just an awesome guy off the floor. Yeah, it's, it's probably you know Josh Kitty as well. That's probably an example of uh, obviously the NBA yeah. and understanding the the Australian culture and what we can do. Not um, not just on the court, but a lot, a lot of it's off the court as well. Like you know, look at Paddy Mills, and I'm sure he's bringing a lot of leadership, not just on the basketball court, but it's what he produces off of that makes I guess him and a lot of Australians really special. Mate, I, I don't. Exactly. Time went so fast today. I just want to thank you so much. I know you're in quarantine still, and you're still in a high and a buzz. And we're really so grateful that you gave your time to uh, talk to us and our audience, yeah. mate. Um, you I always, I've always had this like um, belief that consistency, consistency opens doors. And what you've done over so long is, um, it's no secret why you're um, a huge part of the boomer success, and it's no secret why you're so trusted and loved by that playing group, mate. And um, I'm so I'm so honoured that we get to tell your story. I'm so honoured that people are talking about you and, and getting that out there. Thank you so much for your time, mate. We really appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all the best in the future, mate. Yes, I uh, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, allowing me to get on. When, when George hit me up about it, I was like, man, for sure, I'm happy to happy to get on the show, you know, and like and, and just be a part to just you know share and encourage anyone that we could, and 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 to be on the show with you guys have been awesome. Thank you so yeah, much, Legend Junior. God bless, bro. Hey, God bless, brothers. Thank you, eh? Thanks, Heath, bro. Appreciate it, man. Oh, we're, we're done. <laughs> okay, that was awesome, bro. That went really quick. I oh, know you got a Zoom, so I was trying to get you out off for 4 o'clock. So thanks so much, man. Uh, no, you, you're good. Thanks for, thanks for having me, eh? It's, um, good, bro. I'm like, when, <laughs> when George goes, yo, you're on the call with uh, with the footy boys, I was like, fully sick. Put me on there. <laughs> like, I'll be, I'll be yeah. keen <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. He didn't tell me he had a background in the league. Yeah. I don't know you play with him. That's That's, that's crazy. How did you know George? Yeah, no, How did you, George, you and George meet? Was it footy they play stuff? together? We oh. grew up together. Like oh. we grew up, and we're all in 
like I'm a, I'm from Sydney originally. Oh, and so you know just Deary moved, and all that? Uh, Deary Nasalo and all the other... F- yeah. <laughs> you do? All the boys, like, yeah, yeah. you know, George, Volley, Volley, oh, Wes, Volley, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so that's, that's the crew. That's the family crew right oh, there. Sweet. So yeah. Iliesta and all yeah, them. Yeah, Those yeah. guys. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, that's... They, they were, I've been, me and George have been just staying in touch ever since we've moved. And obviously he's down at the Gold Coast at the moment. So hopefully when I get out, we can try and catch up with him. But um, yeah, awesome, um, no, it's been awesome. Legend. How did you find um, ASICs this year? Were they good um, I actually didn't mind it, to be honest. It was a bit um, different. Eh? I've like, never seen him involved with um, basketball before. You, oh, you know what's surprising though, bro? Like the, in the village, ASICs was a big brand. Yeah, so like I've... I've been with Asics since I was like 15, um, and they've gone really hard at different sports now, but um, they've always specialised in like Olympic sports, so like they go after like um, you know, your athletics and your shot putters and all that. Yeah. But yeah. basketball is, and, is an odd one, because they don't have you know, a huge basketball range. Like I know they're starting to do more now, but um, yeah. I just, yeah, I it's still, and it's still an area that they got to like obviously get on top of, because it's so funny. We received all our gears, and so I'm sorting out everyone's practice kit, and... And so, and I'm like, oh, two. I'm like XL, XL for Joey. Joey writes, uh, Joey Ingalls is XL, XL shorts. So we give him the shorts, and he comes out to the court. And he's like, Junes, am I wearing an XL or is this like a sports? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sports crop, crop. You know, like yeah. I was like, I looked at it, and it was classic. Right, the, the it didn't. The jerseys didn't look long enough, but the shorts were longer than. It felt like the shorts were longer than the jerseys, to be honest. Oh wow. Um, but then the the playing kit was oh. Plank, it was nice and light. Boys love that. Um, who, who are you dealing but, with? Were you yeah, dealing no, directly with them? Or was, was it you that would deal with that? Yeah, so we, uh, we they, they, they kind of just, they kind of just dealt with Team Australia, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And everybody was just, everyone, like they had the whole, whole, whole squad was ASICs, which is totally, you know, that was fine with us. Um, the shoes are comfy. Like I've never worn they ASICs. Just, they shoes, do the best shoes, man. They, that's one thing they do. Amazing. The shoes is unreal, bro. I was like, I, you know, the funny thing is, bro, I'm getting people reaching out to me to buy my shoes. <laughs> like, it's like, bro. do you guys, do you have those? Do you have those green um, Olympics? Would you be interested? And in, I like literally before you called, I was someone sent me a message going, "Hey, Junior, you don't know me, so on Instagram, um, I'm like really interested. Would you be interested in selling your shoes?" And I was like, "What? <laughs> what shoes?" He's like, oh, the green athletes. Someone's telling me that we can reach out to you. And I'm like, I don't know how many pairs you think I have. I've only got one. He goes, well, if you name your price, I'm happy to buy it. And I was like, what? I'm like, nah, mate. He's like, but they don't make them anyway. Like, they were only these colors. Do they they make these colors? Patty Mills jerseys are the same thing. They've stopped making them. Because I had someone reach out to me the other day asking if I know anyone at Asics. I didn't even think about that. Um, so the jerseys, this was the different part. The jerseys, didn't, they didn't come on like, you know, they were screen printed on, yeah. you know, like on the jerseys. But they, we got them and then we had to send them the way to get numbers and names on them. Yeah, so okay. they just come like a normal yeah. yellow Australian top and then we put everything else on it. Yeah. Which is it was the first time it was different this time. It was weird. For take us, it, take really. it down to Peter Wins down the road and get it screen, screen printed on the Peter Wins! <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't heard his name in ages. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is he still on Church Street? Yeah, he's still there, man. He's a he's an institution. That play, that guy. That place is uh. Yo, he's the mayor uh, of Parramatta, man. Hundred percent. 
Oh, legend. <laughs> Thanks so much, Junes, bro. I really appreciate your time, bro. Thank you. And I, I really I hope we can so um, catch up face-to-face in real life as well, man. Once um this bubble bursts and we can get back to the for Stockholm normality, for sure. I'm sure when, we'll cross paths. Whenever I'm in Sydney, 100%. whenever I'm in Sydney, I'll touch, touch base with George. Mm. Um, get and You have my number, so just text me, bro. If there's anything I can help, um, if fundraising or any stuff like that, just reach out. I'm, I'm sure we can do something to help out. You're you know? man, Jesus. Thanks so much, bro. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. God bless. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Take care, bro. Bye.